Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing this morning? I'm pretty good. I am currently in San Diego, California, and it's my first like vacation since COVID started. So it's like weird. I feel like kind of almost like irresponsible in a way, which is just, I know that's like, it's fine that I'm here, but it's just weird. Like there's so many people out walking around. It just feels so different than where I'm at in Washington. So it's kind of actually like making me feel happier because I'm seeing people like around each other. Yeah. Yeah. And you're in the sunshine. You can see the ocean. It's not super sunny right now, but I, I'm starting to see little pockets of blue sky. So hopefully it's clearing out. Yeah. Well, that sounds amazing. And I know what you mean. It's weird to like go back to kind of normal. Yeah. But, you know, you got the vaccine and it's all going to be good. Yeah. And everyone's like really respectful, like around here I've noticed too, which, you know, you move over on the street when you are close to someone or you wear a mask when you're like in a place like inside. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's just, we saw a group of people dancing, doing line dancing on the street last night. And I guess there's a bar in town that does like, they teach line dancing. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so they, during COVID, obviously they were closed. So they decided to take it to the beach and on the like sidewalk area. And they've like been teaching people and the crowd of people line dancing last night, just people having fun, like dancing together. It was honestly like re-energizing to the soul. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. It was great. That's amazing. Yeah. I've. I'm having a good day, too. I'm going to go to Dallas this weekend, which I'm really excited about. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen Thomas, my husband's mom, and stepdad in uh, since 2019. So, oh, wow. I know. So, of course, he misses his mom. We yeah. can't wait to go see her. And we got a nice hotel, and we're just going to hang out by the pool the whole weekend. And we're all you know, fully vaccinated and just um, so excited to finally see them again. Yeah, that'll be awesome. And just like, I think a change of scenery is what's great. Like even if we didn't do anything while we were here, just honestly being in like a cute Airbnb and like looking at something different is just nice. I'm sure you guys will feel the same way. Oh my gosh, same. Yeah. Thomas has been going out on the road again to shows and he was saying that he's like taking pictures of everything. Aww. He's like, look at this. Look at that. Look at that view. Look at this thing. He's like, <laughs> this isn't my living room. Like, this is crazy. That's so funny. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's just crazy how we're, I think we all will feel um, humbled by this experience and hopefully try to not take things for granted when we get to go and do things again. Yes. Definitely. Everybody be nice to each other. Oh my goodness. We're all (laughs) figuring it out. But on, you know, back to the email world note, what we're going to talk about today, I think and hope will be really helpful to a lot of people. Um, But we're going to talk about how to use automation to level up your email. I love that you thought of this topic because I think that it's something that like maybe a lot of new senders may not fully like understand, which is totally acceptable, you know, because it's a lot and it kind of feels a little overwhelming. I think in the beginning, I mean, I know, I know when I started at ConvertKit, 
learning about automation was especially per platform, you know, because they're all different, but it is a little overwhelming. And then you realize like the value of automation and it truly is such a helpful tool. Yes. And I mean, I even, you know, as someone who I would say is like pretty well-versed in email, I get intimidated by automations too. And I know it's a little scary to kind of set that loose and be like, oh, is it going to work? Is it going to work right? Are people going to, you know, get the wrong thing? But we hope, at least if you're a ConvertKit customer, there's enough good documentation and that the product is pretty intuitive to figure out. So obviously, because we work at ConvertKit, we're going to talk about like the automation feature set from a ConvertKit platform perspective. But the general, you know, ideas that we're talking about here can be utilized on any platform that offers a similar automation feature. So let's get into like, what is automation? Some people might be listening and thinking, I don't understand what you mean by automation. Mm -hmm. So I guess the best way to describe it might be with an example. So here's the one I thought of. Let's say Melissa and I are going to take Deliverability Defined podcast on a tour, which actually sounds amazing to us, of course. We've like talked about that out in the, put it out in the universe. Let's say that. Yeah. I think it'd be so fun. I have um, gone to some podcast tours where, you know, they record the podcast live Mm -hmm. on stage and it's honestly so fun. But anyways, let's say we're going to do that. And we want to send some emails to announce the tour and sell tickets. Obviously the most basic way to do that in general way, a lot of people would do that is maybe just through one-off emails to their full list. Mm -hmm. And they're very general, sort of like, here are the tour dates, you know, here they are. (laughs) But if you want to get a little bit more savvy, you can do an automation. So our automation in this case might look like the following. So first, sending out an announcement email to the full list, list out all the cities we're going to be visiting and asking subscribers to click on the city that they're closest to so that we can let them know once tickets are available for pre-sale. So that's just sort of like an initial hype up email. This is happening. We want to let you know when tickets are available. Since you're on the email list, you get pre-sale access, which, you know, email subscribers love stuff like that. So then your subscribers will each, you know, click a city link that corresponds with a tag. So if someone clicks a certain link, you can have them get automatically tagged. So if someone clicked Dallas, they would get a tag that says, you know, Dallas. And then the next step in the automation can break up what to send next based on tags. Mm -hmm. So for example, we can say, um, if tag equals Dallas, send this sequence of emails. And that can get more specific, like, hey, here's info about the Dallas show. Tickets are available for pre-sale, all of that. And in this scenario, we would use ConvertKit Commerce to sell the tickets so we can really easily see which subscribers have purchased tickets and we won't keep sending them emails promoting the event once they've already purchased tickets. So So nifty. Yeah, that is a much more effective strategy than just sending a one-off email because you get way more targeted and you're sending less irrelevant emails. I hate using data like examples without being able to like directly reference exactly what it was, but I can try and find it and we can link it in the the notes um, for the podcast. But I was in a conference recently where um, one of the presenters was talking about the difference between offering a coupon 
and then just having really targeted emails. And basically, the gist was a customer is more likely to purchase something, like about 24% more likely to purchase something with a very specific targeted email than they are a 50% off coupon, for example, any kind of percent, but that was just what I used. But it just really goes to show that, you know, a lot of us are busy. We don't have time to sift through a ton of information, you know, for every email, for a promotion especially. So when something is really targeted, it's nice because then I don't have to do the work to find what it is that I'm supposed to be buying or that's, you know, being targeted to me. So instead of just saying, like you said, Alyssa, like maybe there's extra details about like the Dallas show. And Mm -hmm. if I live in Dallas, like the venue location, the time zone, like all those different things that you would normally have to just make a blanket statement and have people figure it out on their own. It's just so much easier for consumers and customers to make decisions without clouding the information. Yes, 100%. And I think it goes a long way to not send like irrelevant emails to subscribers like we were talking about with people who've already purchased. I don't know about you, but I've definitely received emails you know, especially about like events that I've already bought tickets to. And they're still like, tickets are almost out. You should Mm -hmm. buy now. And I'm like, I already did. This is annoying. So (laughs) I'm probably not going to open that message, first of all, which is going to hurt their metrics. Mm -hmm. But it also just kind of isn't a great look when instead they could have said, yay, you you purchased tickets. Here's what you need to know. Or here's, you know, you can upgrade your ticket to VIP for Mm -hmm. a, you know, discounted price. You can really target people more and drill down if you treat them each uniquely and look at their scenario and don't just treat every single subscriber the exact same. I almost think, I haven't really thought about it this way before, but I almost think if you start to focus more on automation, as a sender or creator, you might actually come up with some unique ideas when it comes to content. Because if you're forced to target and niche down, I was just thinking of examples um, of businesses that I've seen who like almost more heavily rely on automation. Like, like the example you gave, if somebody really wanted to, they could just send that email and offer ticket sales and they, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have to do any automation. Like if they wanted to, they could do that. But there are businesses that really rely on automation. Um, one I can think of is like travel, like the travel industry. Some people are interested in one location. Some people are living in in one place and looking to fly somewhere else. Like I've seen a lot of ConvertKit customers who are like travel bloggers, like they really rely on automation because people are, they're trying to cater to a specific destination for their subscribers. But I feel like if other creators, maybe who aren't focusing on automation were to start thinking more about it, they might actually find some other like areas of content that they didn't previously think of. Yes. That's such a good point. Um, I think, yeah, just thinking about travel, like I definitely get targeted emails from hotel, you know, chains because I've gone to certain cities. They're going to send me discounts, um, about those hotels and locations. And it, that's going to be way more effective than if they just sent me a blanket, you know, email, like here's 20% off any hotel. Exactly. Um, But if they actually email me about somewhere I've stayed before, maybe I even gave it a good review. So they know I loved my stay. And they're like, this hotel that you love is having a discounted rate or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's going to be way more powerful. But I agree that I think creators, a lot of times are a team of one, 
But one thing I heard someone say recently, I wish I knew who it was. I'm not trying to steal any (laughs) ideas or quotes, but someone said the great thing about email marketing is that it levels the playing field between like smaller creators, entrepreneurs, and these large brands. Mm -hmm. You show up in the inbox right next to whatever large retailer you can think of, million dollar, billion dollar companies. You all both hit the inbox and you're both kind of in a level playing field there. Mm -hmm. So being able to utilize automations as a creator helps you level that even more. You can kind of get the strategies that these large companies are using and utilize them in your own business. So maybe think um, like, how are my subscribers different than each other when it comes to my content? If you are a food blogger, who's vegan, you know, who has what restrictions, who's gluten-free, who is a really busy person and struggles to like cook, you know, 45 minute meals every night and you need to send them quick and easy recipes, things Mm -hmm. like that. Because if you keep targeting these really busy people with these crazy, you know, multi-step recipes, they're going to probably become unengaged or no longer targeting them while someone else will love that. So I think, yeah, just gathering more data about subscribers and sending emails to them based on that individual information can really level up your email efforts. Mm -hmm. And obviously it takes some time and some energy, but it doesn't increase the price of your ConvertKit account, for example, as long as you are on um, the paid account, Mm -hmm. you have access to that. And it could totally bring in way more income for you to start utilizing that feature. Definitely. And on top of just like kind of figuring out your audience a little bit better, it creates an opportunity for you probably as like a maybe sorry, there's a really loud airplane outside. (laughs) That's okay. Um, It creates the opportunity for you since you probably, a lot of our um, customers are a small team of one, two, you know, they don't have a huge marketing team working for them. Automation is meant to help you, like you said, Alyssa, level up while also being able to focus on other things like your your timely one-off emails that you're sending, your broadcasts. Maybe that's where you focus your creative energy and you keep those almost some, not always, but sometimes evergreen, evergreen automations there so that when people are new, um, you gave a couple really good examples in our notes about what kinds of automations are good for. And one of those that we see a lot are welcome sequences. So instead of like tagging someone as a new subscriber and like having to email that group every week with a newly thought up email in a broadcast, they can just go through your welcome sequence automation. And it it takes that work off of your shoulders so that you as a creator can focus on the things that in your business matter. And then you can always refresh those um, sequences easily because they're, they're there in a structure format. So if you needed to update something, like it's so easy to go in and just change like a few words or a link um, and you don't have to recreate entire emails. Yes, I love that. And let's talk about that welcome sequence because that's one of my biggest recommendations when people just need like some strategy help is welcome sequences are a wonderful idea. Everyone should utilize them. What they're good for is it helps introduce subscribers to your email list and helps them become engaged right off the bat. You sort of have control over their first impression, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. So you can start, you know, maybe one email is kind of introducing yourself more, getting a little deeper, like, who am I? And then, you know, you can ask them to reply. Tell me something about yourself, you know, and that's great for your deliverability. Another email could be uh, like your top five 
past emails or um, brought, uh, blog posts or podcast episodes, whatever it may be, kind of like a highlight reel of your content so far that they can reference. Mm-hmm. And that's also a great time to gather that data on people if you want mm-hmm. it. So if you are a food blogger, that's a great time to be like, you know more about me. Now I want to know more about you. And then from there, you can, you know, if you want to get fancy, like start a new automation. If they clicked vegan, great. In one week, you're going to send them day one of your vegan sequence with a new vegan recipe once a week, something Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, you can really get creative here, build out content that will just work for you in the background every time someone signs up for your email list. One thing I was going to say later that I do want to say now about all this that gets tricky. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh. I think Uh I know exactly what you're going to say because I was just about to jump in and say it. So let's see. Okay. I wish we could like try and say it at the same time, but I know (laughs) I'm going to say, be careful about your broadcast during this time because what Melissa and I will see sometimes is someone complains, you know, my open rates are dropping. I have tons of unengaged subscribers, something like that. And, um, we will take a look at what's going on and there's nothing like huge deliverability wise, but when we go to click into individual subscribers profiles, we see that they're sending an email every day or multiple emails a day because people are in multiple sequences and they're sending them broadcasts on top of those sequences. So the subscribers are just like, oh my gosh, this is way too much. I should not have signed up for this. Mm -hmm. It's totally inbox burnout. And that's so funny. If I'm thinking like you right now, that's a good sign. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, it's true. It's, this is such a tough one because I feel like I've said this so many times in this podcast, but I personally struggle with helping people when it comes to deliverability, when it's related to their marketing efforts, because it it feels really personal. And it doesn't mean that you're sending bad content. It doesn't mean you're a terrible creator. It just means that people can only process so much information. And when you're sending five emails a day on accident, it, you might not even realize you're doing it. It's overwhelming. And frequency is really important when it comes to inbox placement with email box providers. They look at that. And we've said this before in another episode, but when you do things that are spammer-like, for example, sending just email blasts with kind of no regard, you may not be a spammer. You are not trying to do anything wrong, but you are doing something that looks spammer-ish. So it just, it's not a good look. And most people, I would say, don't appreciate getting five emails a day. No, not at all. Yeah, that's a whole other thing we could talk about for a really long time. But for most people, I would not recommend sending any more than one email a day. Really, I think most people out there are totally good with sending one email a week. If you're sending more than that, like there just needs to be a really, really good reason. Mm -hmm. And your subscribers need to really love that you do that. Yeah, it can definitely get tricky when you've got a bunch of sequences and automations going. And then you're also sending broadcasts on top of that, which might be a really good segue into what you can do if your subscribers are not really engaging in your emails and you start to gain a lengthy list of cold subscribers. A great way to use automations is to do a cold subscriber re-engagement. And this is basically sending out an email that says to all your cold subscribers that says, Hey, I've noticed you haven't been opening my emails. Is there, you know, you could say something like, is there content you're interested in that you want to be a part of instead? Or do you want to be on my list still? There's so many ways you can get creative with a re-engagement campaign. And if, you know, if I were to send this to Alyssa and she does not click to stay on my list, then I could either just 
suppress her from my emails that I send or delete her from my list completely, which I don't know necessarily. Do you typically recommend one or the other? I usually say remove because it's nice that you don't have to worry about accidentally sending to those cold subscribers because that can sometimes really hurt your deliverability. Yes, I would say remove. And now uh, there's a new feature in ConvertKit where you can make a subscriber get deleted in your automation. So that part can be totally streamlined where if they don't click a link or you know become re-engaged, they automatically get deleted from your list, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Um, I know it's hard to remove people from your list, but at some point, it's good to just look at the data, take emotion out of it, and see that you know this person has been receiving a lot of emails from you. You did this final push to really try and re-engage them. You pulled out all the stops. Maybe you sent a really personal message that like would build a relationship, or you sent some sort of discount code or promotion. But whatever it was didn't help, and they still don't want to be on the list. And at that point, it's better to just say goodbye to them so that you can keep reaching your engaged subscribers in their inbox and your deliverability doesn't become damaged. Great point. Yeah, I love the re-engagement campaign is always a great one to use for automations. And that way you're not just sending one broadcast, you're kind of, you know, giving them at least a couple tries and doing a couple different strategies to try and win them back. And if you're a ConvertKit customer, there's an article we have which includes um, a pre-made automation for cold subscriber re-engagement campaigns. So uh, we can link the article in the show notes. But if you you can actually just go into that article and click copy, and it will it will directly copy that automation into your ConvertKit account. Um, and then you can customize those emails that are included. So you probably don't want to use it without doing that because it's very uh, blank. Like it's just very basic emails right now. But yeah, that's a great way to kind of utilize some of our resources and um, you, then you don't have to create the entire automation from scratch. Yes, such a good point. There are all sorts of templates in our automation library. So hopefully that will help you get a good start when you're trying to put all this together. Is there a separate area now in automations where you can go and click or is it only in an article? I'll double check that. I think the pruning your list one is only in an article. I could be wrong. <laughs> We're just figuring it out on the fly, but um. I think there also is like a a template library for general things like launch or, you know, whatever. I I didn't know if that one included um, the re-engagement. So Mm, I don't think it does. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But there are lots of other good ones there if you have different sorts of automations you want to run. And I know we are working on adding more and more. I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but there's more to come there and it'll get even better. So that's exciting. Yeah. Cool. Well, um... Another one I just kind of mentioned that automations are really great for is any sort of launch. And we definitely have templates for that too, for you to use, but that's always great. Like if you, again, try to think sometimes like these larger companies who have whole email teams, they usually have, you know, a whole campaign and a launch around something. So if you have something new, we'll stick to the food blogger example. Let's say you have a new cookbook coming out. Instead of just sending one email or, you know, a couple emails letting your full list know about that cookbook, you can create a whole automation just for the launch 
And again, you can get so specific to each individual subscriber and you can have automated sort of like follow-up messages and you can pitch in different ways. Mm -hmm. If, you know, someone hasn't yet downloaded or bought the cookbook, you can try again, like a different strategy. You can give them a sneak peek. There are just so many different options and you can build it all there in an automation and it'll automatically send out those emails for you based on your subscribers, like activity and tags and things like that. I think it's so helpful because there's probably times, I mean, at least for me, where I feel like my creativity is like flowing and you can get everything kind of down in a sequence and then it's there, it lives there for as long as you want it. So instead of having to sit down and create a fresh broadcast to send to people um, where you have to find that creativity, there's just some days where it's not as free flowing. So it's nice, like what you were saying, Alyssa, like there are so many ways you can re-engage people when it comes to a sale. I was thinking like a couple ways that have gotten me as a <laughs> subscriber have been like, oh, like this recipe has been super helpful for me for, you know, it's it's easy, it's quick. Click here to view the recipe or whatever. If you want more like this, like here's the cookbook. And I, I'm such a an easy target because I, <laughs> I love stuff <laughs> like that. So I feel like doing that in a sequence it's just nice, like I said, because then you can kind of get it all in one spot. You don't have to revisit it um, as long as it's still um, relevant content, obviously. But yeah, it just lives there for as long as you have that launch going. Yep. 100% agree. So obviously, all this stuff can feel sort of advanced and a little scary. So if you're a ConvertKit customer, don't hesitate to reach out to our support team if you want mm-hmm. some guidance or want someone to take a look over your sequence and make sure it looks okay. If you're not a ConvertKit customer, you know, uh, hopefully your ESP has similar support, but we, our team at least, would be really happy to look over things for mm-hmm. you and help you build out what you need to build out. And I would say just as a caveat too, it's really helpful to have an address that you can use where uh, I know some people like to have like a subscriber log and they keep their email in their their test email in their own ConvertKit account in order to see all of the email history. But I've always said it's really helpful to have just a test address that you can use to sign up as a completely new subscriber. So delete yourself totally out of your your own ConvertKit account and re-sign up like you are a brand new subscriber. It just helps so that those are the only emails you're receiving at the time. I think that's where people kind of sometimes can end up sending too many emails or maybe the automation's not working correctly. It's worth waiting to send people an automation when you've done the testing to make sure it's all working properly. I mean, we say that for even just sending out a broadcast, like double check your work and test it first. I've seen people get really excited about automations, which is great, but then they end up not having them work the way they want because they didn't slow down to test. So just keep that in mind as you're creating your new automations. Yes, such a good pro tip. Um, And you might have mentioned this, but like we've said before, if you're going to test, make sure you test to like a, you know, Gmail address or whatever you use. Um, But don't test from using the same email address that you send from because that's going to cause some issues. Awesome. Cool. Well, this might have been a super short um, episode for you, but hopefully it had lots of helpful info. We also have a knowledge base article that you can check out. If you just Google ConvertKit knowledge base, you'll find it and you can search automations, sequences, 
those will get you um, what you need to know to figure out how to do this well. Yeah, there's some helpful videos in there too, so you can kind of follow along. Cool. Well, I hope you all have a great rest of your week. We will see you next week. Please subscribe if you haven't already. All right. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.